Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. And for those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being that we share what we feel is the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. Yep, Uh, we're not experts though in anything that we talk about on this pod. This is just a summary of our findings. But hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you all, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole load of things. Sounds good to me, Liam. Let's get on with this week's topic, which is the tongue. Here we go, Liam. This week's topic is all about the tongue. Pretty random, but it's just one of those things where <laughs> we've all all got a tongue, um, but I don't suppose we've put too much thought into it or why we've got it before. I mean, what did you know about the tongue before we got into this topic? I don't even know why we're doing this topic. This is a right random one. I think you said at one point this is going to be your your listen your choice episode, and then it ended up not quite making the cut. This is totally <laughs> random. What, what do I know about the tongue? Uh, I assume it's used like to talk and to eat. People yeah. can make like make um, what's it called? Like roll their tongue. I can't roll my R's. I don't know if that's something to do with my tongue. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I don't know. You get a furry tongue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you ever feel like when your mouth's so dry, it feels like your tongue's got hair on it. Uh, but no, I don't know. Nothing it, else. It just seems like such a a basic standard part of the body that I'm sure we could all learn just a little bit more about, which is why I thought, why not? Let's give this one a bash. Yeah. And, you know, we'll have a lot of people listening and then, you know, people use their tongue, hello, all the time. So like, it's a conversation that can definitely happen with anyone. (laughs) You know what I know about the tongue? So So should we, should I crack on and just tell you what, what I've got as a, some sort of definition for the tongue then? Yeah, go for it. What is the tongue? So the tongue is your muscular organ in your mouth that aids in chewing, speaking and breathing. Sort of in a nutshell, that's what it is. Mm, yeah, it's it's um uh, straight away. Let's go straight in with the misconception. It's not a muscle, though, is it? It's not a single muscle. No, it turns out it's a group of eight muscles, which is crazy because like to look at it, you think it's just one muscle. So it's eight muscles. They're divided, did you know this, into intrinsic muscles, which are responsible for shaping the tongue, and extrinsic muscles, which are responsible for its movement. Don't you know? Yeah, it's pretty pretty good, isn't it? And one of the interesting things to, to add on to that about the tongue is that the formation of muscles that it's got is called a muscular hydrostat. And what that means Ooh. is is that it's it's a muscle that's composed of a group of muscles but it's that the tongue is our only muscle that moves independent of the skeleton, which makes sense. So like your arms, your arms, they're, yeah, yeah. Your arm muscles, okay. they're, they're attached to part of your skeleton. Whereas yeah, yeah. your yeah. tongue is the only one that doesn't, that doesn't um, attach to, to your skeleton. So similar. Yeah, so, so the other muscles are attached to our bones and their, their role is to move our bones, isn't it? That's what they're for. That's right. So they move us around. Whereas you're saying your tongue, doesn't move any like you can wiggle your tongue and none of you moves 
Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's a muscular hydrostat. And similar things in nature to that would be like the tentacles on an octopus or the trunk of an elephant. So yeah, very similar to that. So yeah, that's um, just throwing that a little bit in there about the anatomy yeah. of it. Fancy. And um, so you mentioned there a couple of things that it does. Um, it, it's quite important, isn't it? I guess. Well, not I guess. I mean, I know it is. <laughs> massively and there's different parts to it as well that we'll get onto today and they they do different things for you so you've got your the front portion of your tongue which is about two-thirds of the total length of a tongue and then you've got the back part of your tongue which goes into your throat and that makes up about the final third um of your you know tongue. talking about throwing in random facts you know you can't swallow your tongue ah okay because that was one of the things I searched up real quick, just saying, you were saying there about how some of it's in the back of your throat. And uh, one of the first things I, I Googled this week was, uh, can you actually, you know, oh, you swallowed this tongue, you swallowed this tongue. That, it's impossible. It doesn't, that's just literally not what happens. You, the, the bit in your mouth doesn't drop down your throat. Like that, that's not a thing. No, you can't no, no. But yeah, so if, if we then talk about some of the things that what it actually does then, so it, it's almost like an early part or start of the digestive system, isn't it, mainly? So it's so it's one of like a digestive organ that you've got. It helps move yeah. food around and helps you chew and, and swallow things. Yeah, um, I think the main thing we're all going to know is it tastes stuff. Like, yeah, it's, you know, we've got five senses. Taste is one of those five. Tongue does that. Um, we'll, it's not just your tongue for taste. And we'll talk about t- how it tastes in a minute, but... Uh, apparently the roof of your mouth and some parts of your cheek also taste can taste food yeah but generally speak yeah that's right um yeah there's a common misconception that the tongue is actually one of the strongest muscles in the body but that's not really the case it's super sensitive though and there's a good reason for it and that's partly because like going back you know evolutionary wise if you like were to eat a fish bone or you to get a fish bone in your mouth, it would like feel magnified. It would feel massive, wouldn't it? If you get something like mm-hmm. stuck in your mouth. And so yeah. the whole idea is that you can then dig those things out and make sure that you're, you're right and nothing bad happens to you. Yeah. So the people that obviously didn't have such a sensitive tongue would have eaten the fish bones and then choked and died. And then all the people that had sensitive tongue survived. Hence we've got our evolutionary yes. clever tongue. Do you know what the, um, the strongest muscle is in your body, by the way, just saying it isn't the tongue. Do you know what it actually is? Is it the heart? No, it's it's the jaw muscle. I think it's called a masseter. I don't ah. know if that's the right word, but it's the one that closes your mouth. The muscle there is the strong, like pound for pound, uh, size by size is the strongest muscle in your body. Nice. Um, so what does, I mean, a couple of them are pretty obvious, but I'm, I'm sure you wrote down a few. What does the tongue actually do? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it tastes, right? But it does yeah. more than just taste. It turns out, like, and I'm not sure I really considered the other things that it does. Like, isn't it just for tasting? <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. It does does do a lot more than that. And it it really helps with eating. The, the main job, really, arguably, is that it, it helps us with eating. Um, it enables us to take solid foods and then sort of move them around the mouth. There's saliva that then gets added to it and it sort of like mushes up it's the first part of mushing it up and pushing food in between your teeth to then make sure you can then chew it and not choke on it that's maybe its first job with helping with eating 
Yeah. Um, also, it's super important for talking, isn't it? Like our tongue is like we, we use it. That's how we make sounds. The way the tongue moves in our mouth. And, you know, that's literally how we speak. It com- completely. I, I actually just had a little look into this. So, you, yeah, you wouldn't really be able to talk if you didn't have your tongue or not as clearly as what we're able to do now. And so what happens when you talk, you push air out of your lungs, it goes through your throat, and then it comes out of your mouth. And then your vocal cords, they vibrate, they create a sound, and then the movement that your tongue and lips make, that just changes the airflow, which then forms the words and the sounds that then come out of our mouths, which is so- which is pretty nuts. Like when you fill up a balloon with air and it, when you let the air out, if you squeeze it differently, you can make the air come out a different like squeaky sounds. Is it a yes. bit like that? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And so the shape wow. that your tongue makes then creates a different sound. And there, there are some, some sounds that we get muddled up with, like T's and D's or pronouncing yeah, the letter K um, can sometimes have a different way that your, your tongue then needs to move. Um, and then we can get into things like tongue twisters. If we get onto it, Liam, oh. I've got a couple of good tongue twisters for you we can try and do later. Yeah, okay. Um, it also helps to keep our mouth clean, or hygiene, helps to keep our teeth clean and things like that, doesn't it, our tongue? Yeah. Um, which is pretty good. And it's important in keeping our mouth, um, it, it helps to maintain all moisture, apparently, which is a pretty good lovely sounding thing i guess <laughs> you know that thing when you have like a dry mouth and it feels like you've got a furry tongue <laughs> i think you yes. try to stop doing that that's interesting actually i've just bumbled right into the next thing uh so tasting was the i felt was you you just spoke about there about talking um do you know how how we taste how our taste buds work there is a there is something that i i hadn't realized until this week when getting into about taste and taste buds it's just what your tongue looks like, and you've been able to think that you can then see your taste buds. Yeah, those little dots on your tongue, that's your taste buds, isn't it? That's definitely your taste buds. That's what I always thought, but it, yeah, it turns yeah. out that it's not. So on, on your tongue, you've got your, those, that, the rough bits, the, like the dots, I don't know a better way to describe them. They're yeah, technical yeah, yeah, the terms, the, the papillae. Papillae. And so they... They're the things, those lumps and bumps that you see on the tongue that people think, ah, they must be your taste buds then. But it turns out that isn't the case. And each of those papillae, they have a load of things within them that then actually become your taste buds. Yeah, you can't see those to the naked eye. Yeah, it's got loads of taste, but on the the walls and on all those bumps and in the little like hot cavern-y bits, I don't know, they're, they're covered in taste buds. Those little taste buds sit in there. They've got like... Little um, receptors, almost like I saw a video. They they made it out like they were little hairs, but I'm not sure you can quite see them as hairs. But they're just like sort of floating out on your tongue, and then every time they touch a piece of food, they send a signal to your brain, and they tell you what taste that that piece of food has. Yeah, yeah, which is which is really good. And you need to have a number of those receptors being hit for your brain to then receive enough signals to then know what it is that it's tasting. Yeah, so, and, and um, there are different tastes, aren't there? Obviously, you know, we'll have learned this. Um, we've got sweet, salty, sour, bitter. And do you know the fifth one? Yeah, umami. Umami, yeah. <laughs> it's like that meaty flavor that like, you get sort of in like mushroom or soy sauce, that sort like of. savory, 
savory type type flavor yeah. to it. And um, a, a common misconception though is that each different parts of your tongue can only taste different flavors. So like the front of your tongue only tastes sweet food, the back of your tongue only tastes bitter food. That isn't actually true. All of your taste buds in your mouth can taste every taste or they can like decipher every taste, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. And you was said earlier that it's not just your tongue as well. You've almost got some of these taste receptors in your cheeks, um, yep. a few in your lips and a few other places yep. and all of that then the adds, of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Adds, to, adds to the taste that you've then and, got um, there. And what they do, these taste buds, they sort of like every week or two, they, they essentially like shed their skin, if you like, and then like refresh themselves, sort of like a snake shedding its skin, if you like. But when you're ma- that happens when your mouth is moist and wet and with your saliva. So when you have a dry mouth and it feels like you've got a furry tongue, that furry tongue is where your these taste buds are not shedding themselves like they should be. So it's like you've got all the old taste buds still sitting on your tongue. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it sort of is hairy if you imagine them as these little hairy things. Um, but yeah, that's you know you've essentially you're shedding your tongue, but you, but you haven't because your mouth's dry. And just to put some sort of number to this, when we're saying that you've got all of these these taste buds, so people have, and this sort of varies, and this again comes back to because you shed them every few weeks, you have sort of between 2,000 or 4,000 taste buds on your tongue. And typically you've got somewhere between 200 and 400 of the papillae that are on your your tongue as well. Uh, But interestingly... I quite liked learning about this this week is that you can't taste unless you've got saliva. Wow. So okay. you need the saliva to be able to then let you know like what's going on. And so there's, there's some interesting experiments that people have done where so completely dry your mouth and people could try this in the comfort of their own home at some point, like dry your mouth, like put a towel on it and then try and put some lemon on it. And you'll really struggle to tell that it's lemon. Wow. Wow. Going directly onto your tongue. And then but if you were to chew and that's where you've then got the saliva glands that then add to the chewing and everything as well, mm-hmm. that then it's that liquid that then helps then those receptors work properly for you to then figure out um, what it is you're actually tasting. That's interesting. And that, that leads me nicely onto my next thing about flavor. I read a little something interesting about flavor and taste. So is that because so they're, they're slightly different then, are they? Do we mix them up or something then, flavor and taste? Yeah, yeah. the, word, yeah, fla- so the way something is flavored and, and it's taste, they're, they're sort of interchangeable nowadays, but they are two different things. Flavor is a, is a mixture. It's a combination of the taste of something, but also what it smells like, how spicy it is, how hot it is, its texture. So our tongue can taste what it, it tastes like, but all of those other things come together to form a flavor, which is why if you imagine like if you took some spaghetti bolognese, which you like, but you you mashed it right up into baby food and then tried to eat it, you would say this doesn't this doesn't taste as nice. But what you mean to say is this doesn't have such a nice flavor okay. because it doesn't have that texture to it. You know what I mean, yeah. it, it will taste exactly the, on your tongue. Your tongue will taste it exactly the same but it won't feel the same in your mouth. It won't have that same, it won't be crunchy or it might be cold or, you know, and, and that affects the flavor, which is also why when you, you know, you can't smell it when you've got a cold. So stuff tastes differently, but it doesn't taste differently. It has a different flavor. <laughs> I, like that. I like that. Backwards. <laughs> but with, with you saying that as well, different people taste things differently as well. 
Yeah, that's and true. There was something I was coming across this week called super tasters. And they yeah. they reckon, scientists reckon that there are the top 25% or there's a 25% of the population that they taste things more intensely than what other people do because of their taste buds. They work okay. effectively more efficiently. But interestingly as well, so children, they've got the same amount as taste buds as what adults do, but because their tongue is smaller, they then taste things more intensely. And so they've got a much, you know, a denser tongue regarding the number of taste buds that they've got. So that's why sometimes children can be perceived as picky eaters because they're they're tasting it in a different way to yourself. I know there's, um, you know, there's, as I've got older, I now like like some of like some of the moldy cheeses and stuff, which I know when I tried tasting those when I was younger, they were absolutely disgusting. But it's it's just one of those things, your taste buds sort of adjust. And then the other thing I was reading about where you get children who are a bit picky or won't eat broccoli or don't like sprouts or whatever. The whole idea is to persist with it because it takes it takes your tongue between about 60 and 100 attempts to then really recognize what it is that you're having. Um, and as we said at the start, one of the main things that your tongue can do is then tell you if what you're eating is dangerous or not. Yeah. So if you were to in back in olden times, you were to pick something up or you were to pick up some like moldy milk, put it in your mouth, you'd spit it out because it tastes disgusting. And you think, actually, this might be dangerous, whereas it's not really dangerous. And we know that broccoli is good for you, but your brain just has to adjust to it over all those times so that you can then uh, yeah then eat it. But yeah. So you don't. So it, it ensures that you don't get ill or die. Which is interesting because your tongue can actually tell you how healthy you are. <laughs> yeah, it can. can it? it can. Like your yeah. t- so there's tons of evidence to back this up that like the color of your tongue tells you if there's anything wrong. The coating, like if it's got like gunk on it, that can tell you stuff. And also even the shape of your tongue. Yeah. And um, you know, you can search this up. It's quite, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's common. It's out there. But yeah, it's- you want to do some colors. Well, yes, yeah, it's one of the it's one of the reasons why doctors, when you go and see them, they'll often say to you, "Stick out your tongue and say ah," yeah, uh, and like yeah. so they can get an initial indication about your your health. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, you, but yeah, you were saying about some of the colours. Then which one should we kick so off with? Pink, got a nice pink tongue. What does that mean? <laughs> Normal and healthy. Normal and healthy. Yeah, you could probably guess if it's a bit if you've got a bit of a red tongue. That's saying you've got a bit of a heat, you know, a bit of fever yeah. that's maybe going yeah, on. Yeah, you're probably quite hot. Yeah, some sort of fever. Uh, purple. Ooh, we're sort of getting into some inflammation now. Have you ever really seen a purple tongue? I don't think I've... No, what's that dog that's got a blue tongue, though? There's one of those dogs that has blue tongues, isn't there? <laughs> and a giraffe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you've got a pale tongue. If it's, if it's um, yeah, a bit pale, you've probably got a deficiency or some sort of weak immune system that's yeah, going it's on. it's crazy, though. Like how they've linked those together over time. Like over time, they've noticed that, that you know, if you've got a purpley looking tongue, you've probably got some sort of infection or inflammation. That's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. Um, and then your tongue can have a coating on it, you know, and it has that horrible grim gunk on your tongue when you don't oh, feel quite right. I'm pleased you described it as that horrible grim gunk because yeah. <laughs> this isn't nice, yeah. is it? <laughs> okay, so if your tongue, I'll give you them then. So if your tongue has a thick coating, you've clearly got some poor intestinal health. Oh dear. If it has a a yellow coating, that's grim. If it's got a yellow coating, you've clearly got an infection. (laughs) (laughs) If it has a grey coating, how's a tongue going to have that? 
you have a, a long-term digestion problems and if it has a white coating there's you you have a, it's another sign of an infection or some sort of detoxification but i mean we don't really know what all those things mean necessarily but yeah your tongue can can tell you about your health did you see that you can get tongue scrapers which sounds absolutely mank as well so if, <laughs> rather than addressing the situation of the coating on your tongue you just scrape you can... it off Let's <laughs> say, so, yeah, we'll probably get our um, our internet adverts coming up this week telling us about tongue scrapers. The other thing about the colour and, and coating is my little ones love it if they have like a blue sweet or a blue ice cream. Then all of a sudden they've got a blue yeah, yeah, tongue yeah, and they tongue. find it absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, how can you keep your? How can you keep it healthy then? Keep your, your tongue healthy. Brush it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, when you clean your teeth. Don't forget that you need to then brush your brush your tongue as well. Um, there are lots of other things you can do. You can drink plenty of water. So you're weirdly the shape of your tongue will narrow if you're dehydrated. So you can drink lots of water to and have a balanced diet that will keep it healthy. Smoking apparently is really bad for the health of your tongue. Um, so that can then lead to no way. <laughs> yeah, we did an episode on cigarettes, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Can you believe they're really bad for you? <laughs> Um, but yeah, just brushing it is basically the, the thing that you need to do because by cleaning your tongue, it's then reducing the harmful bacteria that you get in your mouth. And the posh word of having all this bad bacteria and having bad breath. Did you read what this was? No. Halitosis. Oh, no. Yeah, I did know that. Oh, yeah. No, I did know that word. Yeah. Bit of Halley. You got a bit of Halley. Bit of bad breath. <laughs> oh, dear. No one wants to be that person, do they? No, absolutely not. That's grim. Can you live without your tongue? <laughs> what a funny question. Um, well, I wondered that. I wondered, like, what if... Because like, people used to cut people's tongues out and stuff, didn't they? Back yeah. in the day. That yeah. happened. In a place... I, I then since Googled it, the place is, used to be called Byzantium, which then became Constantinople, which is now modern-day um, Istanbul, I think. There used to be lots of tongue cutting out there in that area i, I mean I, sp- I suppose it probably happened all over the place but that that came up well um, so that that leads what you're just saying there about the saying cat got your tongue okay that's an actual actual phrase you know sometimes here if somebody is stuttering over their words or they're not saying something so say that's cat got your tongue or you're a bit embarrassed cat got your tongue and it actually turns out that that comes from something real like what you were saying there so two and a half thousand years ago this is in a place called Arissa. But criminals and or defeated soldiers, they had their tongues cut off as punishment and then fed to the king's cats. Oh, so they couldn't talk? Yeah. Wow, right. But they actually fed to the king's cats for them to eat it, and so the cat actually had their tongue. We've said a few times, if, any, if our listeners want to let us know, we've said a few times we should do an episode all about etymology of things because we love yeah. doing that. Yeah. We're going to do an episode one day where we just do like 40 famous sayings and just rattle through them all. Like, <laughs> if anyone's listening and thinks that would be a good episode, do, do let us know because we might do it eventually. Definitely. But so you can you live without a tongue? I think you can, can't yeah. you? Yeah, you can, you can. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not ideal because obviously we use it to eat and speak. Uh, you know, that's the two biggest things. Um, you know, you, but I mean, you can. It's, yeah, not great. <laughs> And sometimes people need to actually have their tongues removed for medical reasons. So if you get cancer of the yeah. tongue or you get tumours, whatever it might be, and it's called a glossectomy. And so hopefully, um, yeah, not not too many people need to have that, but it 
depending on how much of the tongue gets removed, obviously it has an impact on how much you can swallow or how clearly you can then speak. But what about those people who choose not to remove their tongue, but choose to cut it in half? Oh dear. You know, those ones that have that it's called tongue splitting. Oh no. Like a snake. Yeah. I read a bit about that and it grinned me out. So I sort of stopped really, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's a, it's a thing that they're called body modification enthusiasts. You know, those people who like, they put little horns underneath their head and uh, they, you know, cut their ears and, and I don't know, tattoo their eyeballs and things like that. And uh, yeah, so people will cut their tongue in the middle to make, yeah, but they will literally just cut it with a scalpel. It was performed as cosmetic surgery. With a no way. Yeah. Really? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's a grim one I read. Nice. But talking about yeah, getting a tongue like a snake, some animals have got some some pretty uh, impressive tongues that they've got out there. I'm sure you must have come across this this week. Did you read about the longest tongue compared to the body of the animal? Yeah, should we let everybody just think for a minute? Which animal's got the longest tongue in comparison to its body? It's a chameleon. Yeah. Yeah, but it can be like, one and a half times their body sometimes. That includes their tail as well, by the way. Yeah, that's mental, isn't it? Mental, how uh, how big the, the tongue can be. So it's saying on average, the, the body length can be 60 centimetres, but the tongue length can easily be 120. So yeah, 23 that's inches nuts. or 47 inches. And it's sort of coiled up, ready to go. It flies out at an alarming rate to then grab the insects or the bugs that it's trying to then eat. Um, to devour them. Yeah. Giraffe's tongues, they're like practically leather and unbreakable, aren't they? Because they use them to eat like plants, um, spiky plants. The, the acacia? Yeah, the acacia the acacia tree. Yeah, they're, they're super prickly, aren't they? And if, we, so... if, we don't know, if you don't know an acacia tree, imagine it eating a cactus. But it won't. But imagine if it was. You know, it doesn't want those spikes hurting its tongue. So its tongue has evolved over time to be super thick. So the, the giraffe's tongue can be about 54 centimetres long. And do you know what else they do with their tongue? Uh, they clean their eyes. Yeah, they do. Because they can't itch their own eyes. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that in some pictures. <laughs> I thought that was quite a good one. Um, some, uh, some other things like linked to a giraffe as well. The, the blue whale, that's tongue, is the, is the biggest tongue in the world, as might be expected, given the size of the blue whale. But there, the blue whale tongue weighs 2.7 tons, which is about the same as a giraffe. So enormous. That's, enormous. A, that's, that's as much as my car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I, and one more that I, I can't confirm because I didn't actually go looking for this. Apparently, woodbeckers' tongues, they can wrap them around their own head so that if they're pecking, it, like, it does, their head doesn't hurt. That's exactly it. I was just about to say this. How good is what? that? So it's really good. So it's it's we'll, we'll post a picture of this because it's quite hard to get your head around. So the the woodpecker's tongue is about double the length of its beak. So what it does is the woodpecker it's pecking away at the wood in a tree and then it sticks its tongue in. It's got some barbs on the end of it and it can get the insects out. And it's sticky. They get the insects. But the woodpeckers they're smashing the the wood and. You know, you'd think it would then impact their head. If we were doing that, bashing our head against the wall, we'd certainly feel it. So the, the tongue then wraps back in, goes around the back of the head, around the back of the eye to the tip of the nose again. And it then sort of 
um, works as some sort of like cushion, some sort of cushioning system for the brain so that it then doesn't get smashed around. How clever is that? That's, yeah, I don't know. I need to see a picture of this. I, I've read it, but I haven't actually confirmed it. So yeah, that's crazy. No, yeah, it definitely does. We'll, we'll post that. We'll post that up there for, um, for people to see about. Do you know what the heaviest weight ever lifted with somebody's tongue is? Oh, no. Yeah, go on then. What about the most piercings in a tongue? I, I Googled <laughs> a few uh, random world records because there's got to be some crazy ones. The heaviest weight lifted was by a guy called Thomas Blackthorne. And he lifted up in February 22. He lifted up something that weighed 13 kilos. Now, my daughter is nearly four years old, and I know that she weighs 14 kilos. So he, that, like, that's the size, like a toddler with his tongue. Yeah. What? <laughs> How did you manage to do that without it yeah. snapping or coming off? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, most piercings, 20. Look at a picture of that. That's disgusting. Most, most nose taps in a minute with the tongue. 281. <laughs> what a funny world record to have. I like it. Fastest time, fastest time to remove five Jenga pieces with a tongue, 55 seconds. <laughs> I feel like I could beat that. That's, that feels like something we could try. <laughs> Definitely. And did the, the obvious one, the world record, is the world's longest tongue. Oh, yeah. So Have you got that? So we were saying our tongue is typically about three inches long. That's male tongues are slightly longer than female tongues, but that's, that's typically what they are. There's a guy called Nick Stobel. He's from California and he's got an extremely long tongue and it's 3.97 inches. So just over 10 centimeters. And it doesn't sound like a lot saying it's only an inch bigger, but then when you see him stick it out and it goes below his chin, <laughs> then you realize wow that is a, a really long tongue that you've got there he can hold five ring donuts on his tongue <laughs> can he <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how big it is he's gonna have but like so does he have more taste buds you know we've said about tasting and things like i assume he's gonna have more taste buds that's interesting more? yeah or does it help him taste does he, is he a super taster because of it or is it less dense? Like we were saying earlier, with children, they've got smaller tongues and their taste buds yeah, are true. more bunched up. It's more dense, so you might not taste things as well. Interestingly about tongues, which I didn't know until this week, is that no two tongues are alike. So yeah. they're like a, like your fingerprint almost. So everybody's got you know a, a unique shape and number of taste buds, you know, different flexibility within their tongue. And there was even some sort of train of thought I was reading where scientists and researchers were trying to come up with a way to incorporate something called a tongue print. So I don't know how this yeah. would work. Now you unlock <laughs> your phone, like, like using your... Lick it every time. <laughs> so they'd have to work out how to make it, yeah, um, you know, it's more sanitary that, that it's then someone's able to actually then do this. So I don't know. I don't know how practical this is, but... Yeah, it turns out your everyone's tongue is similar to a, a fingerprint. It's individual to you. That was going to be my takeaway. Ah, oh, boo. Should I tell you what it really is? Go on then. What's your two guys' one topic takeaway? So just, you were talking there about cat got your tongue. Well, I, I went a different one. I went with tongue-tied to say you are tongue-tied as in to mean that you can't speak. And uh, 
So it turns out that that's because of a real medical condition called ankyloglossia. Ankyloglossia, which is where you, the piece of your tongue, it's called your frenulum, that little bit underneath your tongue that you can see if you lift your tongue up in the air. Yes. That yep. funny little bit. That's the bit that connects your tongue to the bottom of your mouth, essentially. And people are born where that is too short. And because it's too short, you can't really use your tongue as much as you should. And therefore, you can't really speak so well. So you are said to be tongue-tied. And uh, that's where it came from. And there are operations that can be done when people are born like that. Um, you know, you might have heard of babies. To, ah, she's got a tongue tie. Yes. Snip the bottom. You have to just, they basically snip it. And it just allows the, the tongue to come up a little bit more. Um, yeah, that was recognized in the early 1500s. So about 500 years that's been around to be tongue-tied. Interesting. Uh, and it's, it's to do with um, feeding, isn't it? When you're a baby, if they're tongue-tied, yeah. they struggle, struggle to feed. So yeah, getting that sorted out makes sense. Nice. Mm-hmm. I might have a little bit of a two-for-one two this week on the old two guys, one topic takeaway. Can go I sneak, sneak another one in? Yeah, go on. I, found, I wondered why, why does your tongue stick to really cold metal poles? <laughs> one of the things that I was wondering this week. And it, it turns out that the freezing temperature of the metal pole, it quickly takes all the heat away from your tongue. And it does that faster than what the body can then return that heat to the tongue. Okay. okay. And yeah. so because it then loses the heat, the saliva that's been left in your tongue freezes. And then that's why you then get stuck to, to a metal pole. <laughs> so that's why you get stuck. So if you ever find yourself getting stuck, the best thing to do is to get a friend to get some warm water and pour it rather than just ripping your tongue away, like pour it over your tongue and the pole because then that'll release yeah, okay. it. Or just like keep on trying to um, blow your breath on it to then warm your tongue back up again. Or just don't lick really cold poles. <laughs> it does look funny though, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, my actual one. Okay, my actual two guys, one topic takeaway is about being able to roll your tongue. Oh yeah, okay. And so, I don't know, if, if you can roll your tongue, it's genetic, isn't it? You're doing it now to me. Yeah, I know. I'm doing it on camera. So you're either born with it or you're not born with it. That's, that's what we're told. But it turns out, that isn't true. That isn't the case. So there was a scientist who originally, a scientist that originally did this, um, trying to figure out if people could roll their tongue or not. And he found out about seven in 10 people could roll their tongue. And he said, oh, he then did some genetic testing and then realized it was because they had certain genes that they would then be able to do it. They had a dominant gene when they could then do it. That was in 1940. Then another scientist came along called Philip Matlock in 1952, and he didn't think this was quite right. So he took a load of identical twins. They obviously share the same genetics. They're identical. But he found that not all of them could or couldn't then roll their tongue. So he realized it's not, not genetics. And so what he then realized is if you can't do it, so if you're someone at home now and you can't actually roll your tongue, you can train yourself to roll your tongue. It's really hard to do, but it is just a, a learned trait and you can train yourself to do it. So don't, don't be told it's genetics. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Don't read, don't believe everything you read, but that's believe everything we tell you because what we say is true. <laughs> well, that's part of it. We, we've done that hard work, haven't we? We've done yeah. the reading and the research to disprove any of those myths that, that are out there. What, 
what a strange episode for us to do. This ranks high on the list of strange things we've learned about. I've got to be honest. <laughs> I definitely but, know more about the tongue this week. If uh, Could you have a conversation so, about it now? If someone sticks their tongue out at me, I can tell you they are not your taste buds. Your taste buds are inside those. Um, Turns out sticking your tongue out in Tibet is actually a welcoming thing rather than okay. a rude thing as well. A little, a little tidbit for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Strange week, but a good one. Yeah, learn a little bit more about everything, and that's exactly what we've done. Amazing. What a good week. Yeah, really enjoyed it, learning about the tongue this week. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Or if you like, we've not got around to doing our tongue twisters today. We'll save that for our wrap-up series. If you've got a decent tongue twister, send it in to us, and we'll get myself and Liam to try and do it in the wrap-up series. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back with you next Tuesday. Uh, you can get in contact with us at Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Two Guys One Topic. But until then, get out there and share some tongue, or as Ollie tried to say a few times, tongue knowledge. <laughs>